Welcome back, listeners. So, Josh, in the first segment, we just talked about where we're sitting crop stage-wise and some of those common themes we're seeing out in the field. But as we hop into segment two, we're also going to discuss what's another common question that we've just had out in the field. And a, and a lot of that is being folks are starting to think about when they should start making that post-herbicide application, especially on the corn side of things. So I think we'll start there. Yeah, that came up quite a bit last week too. Um, you know, should we start spraying corn? Should we not? Um, I think in some cases we've had this lull. We got done planting so early. We had this lull of like two weeks where it's like, oh, I feel like we should be doing something. But uh, it's just been so, for so, it's been a lot of years since we've actually felt been ahead of the game and and maybe been on time with, with planning and spraying and everything else in between. But, um, you know, last week there was a corn, it just wasn't progressing. We talked about in segment one, um, in some cases, you know, for how long it's been the ground, it says we should be planning. It's been, you know, 35, 40 days and it seemed like it, we should be there, but it just wasn't quite there. But um, this week, I think we'll see corn spraying really pick up uh, big time. It's, and as with the, with the rain and the heat now, you can really see the annual weeds coming, you know, whether it just be on the edges of the field or, some fields that maybe didn't have a pre-down, they're greening up pretty fast. So it'll be time to, to hit the fields, you know, you know, the corn full speed ahead here. And one thing I had a few growers that uh, this came up last week and there might be some others that get spraying this week to think about this, but um, they, they were looking at, you know, if we're a little bit early, should we make some adjustments to our residual herbicides? And that's something um, back in the day when I was doing a lot of spray racks, I used to play that game quite a bit when we'd start on the early side you know, we'd be spraying glyphosate with some residual, maybe some acetochlor and broadleaf with it. And commonly, I just bump that that residual rate up maybe, you know, 10, 15% and just put a little bit more residual to, to make sure we buy our time to canopy. And then as the season progresses, I just tail that off as I get towards the end. Um, just from a standpoint, we can get going, spread our risk of not getting in a rainy spell, but also maybe not um, increase the overall input that uh, we kind of budgeted for. And um, that's not a bad thing to do, but certainly those giant ragweeds are showing up in full force across Southeast Minnesota right now. It's getting to be time. Yeah, they are. And that's kind of the common theme as we, that's another common theme as we get out and take a peek at these fields. So I think that's a nice overview on the, the corn side of things. But I think if we take a look at the soybean side of things and just maybe where our options sit there, if you look at, you know, in some cases we have observed maybe some of those early weed breakthroughs um, due to the dry conditions selling some of those pre's, but I think timely post applications that include that residual, like you mentioned, even on the corn side of thing are going to be kind of that next to do on our list. So if we look at, if you're an extend user, we've got that 45 day um, after planning cutoff, which could come before that June 20th cutoff in a year like this, potentially. Um, I think for our enlist users, it's just nice to remember that you, you can spray up to that R3 window. So that does just give us some additional flexibility in terms of, um, what options we have to, to really carry us through the season there. Uh, but uh, any other thoughts on the, the soybean side of things? Yeah, the, the slow emergence will be a little bit interesting. A lot of times I tell my producers that are, are you know, today it's kind of like, okay, once we get 30 days after planning, it's probably getting close to our, our post-emerge application and layer residual. And this year that might stretch a little bit longer uh, strictly because of how cool it kind of how cool it was to the growing season. The emergence took in some cases, you know, again, 25, 30 days. And, you know, we maybe would predict them to be a little bit further along. Uh, there'll be a little bit of scouting there we got to do. I do think that window will open really quick. Now with everything progressing so fast, it's going to change rapidly. And and the big thing is just going to be to watch the weed height now. I'm probably not so concerned about how many days since planting, but uh, we want to get that sprayed before any of those broadleaves get to four inches. 
and that's going to be that's going to happen so rapidly now with the, this heat and in and, and rain and warm weather. Um, so it'll have to be some scouting, and you know, and then there'll be some, you know, I guess for me the soybean pre, I maybe the verdict is still out. I a lot of fields look like it held okay. There might be some isolated ones that aren't quite there. I think it's going to boil down to if you had a history of pretty clean fields, the pre's are going to hold up okay. You know, maybe if there's a farm that's had some historical heavy weed pressure, you know, we may need to, to jump the gun on that a little bit. Um, but yeah, just a lot of scouting around weeds this year. There's just been some, it's been a unique growing season of how long some stuff's been in the ground, residuals might be running out. Um, you know, heat and rain came late, but now we also got to um, just put our boots on the ground and let scouting kind of make our decision when we pull the trigger on post applications for the soybeans. Yeah, you bet. So I think, you know, that's kind of our quick take on both the corn and soybean side of things on the on the pre. But before we wrap up here, Josh, I've had a few questions on maybe folks have been waiting, waiting, waiting uh, for some of this forage to be ready to cut. Um, any just observations from or just from your conversations of where folks are sitting on some of that rye or alfalfa uh, when that could potentially be ready to go? Yeah, a lot of the rye, uh, the flag leaves are out. Um, it's in the boot stage. It's time to go. Some of it is actually maybe even starting to head out right now. But uh, from a quality standpoint, uh, that winter rye that we're going to chop, it's going to be the windows now. And I think the first crop alfalfa is going to kind of roll right into that. I anticipate to see. I've seen a little bit cut already, maybe a little bit early on that. But I anticipate here uh, into this week and the weekend, we'll see quite a bit of first crop uh, probably uh, be ready there as well. And first crop's going to be interesting. It, it the alfalfa kind of went through a rough stretch here this spring and I've got going and then froze and then got going and then froze. And I'll be curious to see how that all shakes out uh, from a yield standpoint, but in some ways it's just nice to get a cut and get it reset and uh, move on. But uh, but yeah, a lot of stuff going on alley and um, next week we'll uh, have a lot more updates from the field.